episode 53. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Move your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. If Berman or Brock were to dig up Gene Roddenberry's grave, would he reanimate long enough to punch them? And now, here are your hosts, Brad Milo and Frank A. Rincon. So I said, goodbye, Super Ombre, goodbye. This is when I was in Mexico City. And then Super Ombre just flew away and he said, adios, amigos. And he threw his super sombrero in the air and everyone, we had a fiesta then. (laughs) We did. It it was uh, uh, Superman had come to to mass. I guess you don't mass. Yeah. You know, it it was Sunday. You know, we're in Mexico City. Superman's Catholic? Yeah, he's Catholic. You know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, hey guys, how are you? This is Frank. And Brad. And on the phone we have Adam Murdo from Comic Geek Speak. Adam, how are you? Yeah, pretty good, guys. Good to be back. Good uh, good to Thank have you. you. Sir. We are going to continue with our uh, uh, in-depth look at the Man of Steel, Superman. But before we continue, we want to uh, pimp a little contest we have here. Just real mild, uh, Adam Adam Umak. Is this last name? Well, it's either Umak or Umak, and I, I said one, and he... Like yelled at me for mispronouncing it, so I think it's, I think it's Umak. Umak, he like Umox. Umox, like oh, that's what I use on like, my face. Yeah, when, when I'm the type of soap I use. Umak. Yeah, the Ferengi soap. <laughs> okay, anyway. Ferengi Deep Space soap. Nine reference. <laughs> really, that was a Deep Space Nine reference. Umox, you yeah. are a geek. Um, yeah, I won't tell you what it is, but it's oh, a Deep gross. Space Nine reference. Um, so Melville's Fist on the forum graciously gave us a Superman toy. Brad, it was a Justice League of America action figure based on the art of Ed Bennis. Okay. And he sent it to us and said, when Adam Murdo comes on, talks about Superman, come up with some kind of contest and give this action figure away as a gift. So uh, as a, uh, to enter the contest, you have two ways to do it. Well, I guess first, just send us to your favorite Superman memory, you know, growing up as a kid, watching a cartoon. Um, or reading your first Superman comic book, or maybe playing with the playing with Superman, just how Superman affected you growing up. And you can send that either via email or via let's, voicemail. Yeah, either voice. You know what? Let's make it voicemail instead. We do it voicemail. Yeah. Okay. Uh, via voicemail, and uh, we'll take those names, put in a hat, we'll draw one, and we'll play them too on a future show. Yeah, and make sure you you tell us who you are. We'll uh, we'll post the uh, uh, we'll post a phone number in our show notes, and we'll give it to you at the end of the show too. Our phone number. Okay. okay. All right. So, and we'll remind you about that contest too. Okay. Well, let's talk Superman. We're going to continue. All right. Up, up, and away. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, you know, as a kid, we are always, you know, we always want to know who's the strongest superhero and stuff. Currently, the current Superman we have right now, who could beat Superman, or is he unbeatable? And this can go Marvel or DC, because I'm thinking, you know, I, rem- I remember Hulk versus Superman back in the DC versus Superman uh, series, and uh, I believe Superman won that fight, mm-hmm. but barely. I'm just... J- you know, in your opinion, Adam, 
who could give Superman a run for their money nowadays? Mm, nowadays, yeah. No, if, if we were going back to the Silver Age heyday, there wouldn't be much of anybody, I don't think. But, yeah, these days, I still think Thor's got a pretty fighting chance. Because, you know, he's, he is literally a god, number one. You know, and just an outright, unambiguous god as opposed to a god-like figure as Superman is. Plus, he's got that pesky magic hammer of his. <laughs> and we all know Superman's got that vulnerability to magic. So that makes me think Thor might actually have the edge. Um, does the current Superman still have that magic vulnerability? I believe he does. Because uh, there was a story recent that Kurt Busiek just did recently, a, oh. a rather ex- extended arc where Superman was up against Arion. Mm-hmm. Uh, from from the old uh, Arion Lord of Atlantis series. Uh, so, yeah, I think he does still have the magic weakness. One of my favorite examples of that weakness was in Kingdom Come when he was uh, fighting Captain Marvel. Yeah. And mm-hmm. He kept calling down the magic lightning, mm-hmm. zipping out of the way so it would hit Superman instead. Mm-hmm. And Using it as a weapon. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, and the blood, you know, was coming out of Superman's ear and stuff. It was just... So, so had Shazam kept that up, or had Captain Marvel kept that up, could he have... Taking Superman out would it have yes. taken a while. Yeah, I, I think he so. could have. Yeah, I always think of that. Whenever anyone brings up could Captain Marvel beat Superman, that scene is exactly what I think of. Um, Martian Manhunter, he can, he can, he can take over mentally, and he can, you know, go into bodies and and you know reappear. So theoretically, he could destroy Superman. Wouldn't you think? Um. Well, he's got that fire vulnerability. Oh. And with Superman's heat vision, that might make the difference. Uh, he's got the invisibility thing going on, but Superman does have super hearing, so he could probably detect uh, where the Manhunter is and sort of negate that edge. Um, the telepathy, he might be, uh, the Martian Manhunter might be able to screw with Superman's mind enough to, to distract him, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, I still think Superman wins it in that battle. Really? For another thing, Superman's a lot stronger than Martian Manhunter is. What about Hulk? Especially, yeah, no. especially in light of, of, you know, how angry and strong he got recently with the World War Hulk thing. I mean, could have really pissed off Hulk, do some damage, or Superman still got him? Um, oh boy, you know, well, I, I'm so conflicted here because you know, on a on a conceptual level, Superman is the character that's supposed to be able to beat. Anybody, you know, that, that's sort of the basic idea behind Superman. But the, the rational person in me is, is, is going through all these angles, sifting through all these different factors, and I find myself thinking that the, a World War Hulk era Hulk, you know, the Green Scar Hulk, with his uh, his mind intact, you know, he's not the brutish Hulk Smash Hulk, and uh, he's got, he's at the peak of his powers, he's got all his strength, and he's got that that kick-ass healing factor of his. I think of Superman's heat vision and how that might give him an advantage, but the Hulk's have shown that he can regrow himself pretty quickly from injuries like that. And I can't help but think that the Hulk would probably uh, take it. He, uh, I mean, Hulk did fight Sentry to a to I was just still. about to say, you know, you couldn't gotten any closer to a Superman-Hulk fight than the Sentry-Hulk fight in World War Hulk. And I'm a, I'm a big Sentry fan. Mm, um, yep, I've, I've seen your avatar. <laughs> Uh, I think he's, he's, it's a character with really, really good potential if they can finally just decide what to do with him. But uh, when he when he finally made up his mind to to act and to – we're talking about Sentry, and this is mm-hmm. Superman, so I'm going to stop. Okay. <laughs> but you know where I'm going with that. I, I, I think, uh, I think uh, 
we saw what would happen if if Hulk fought Superman. Okay. The World War Hulk. Yeah. Hulk. Yeah. What happened? I'm just saying Hulk. Oh, did you not read World War Hulk, Adam? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. Brad? Um, as powerful as the Sentry was and is, Hulk, they basically took each other out and depowered each other at the same time. They reverted to their non-super states uh, after having a, a huge knockdown drag out. Uh, he, uh, they, the Hulk reverted back to Bruce Banner and and uh, the Sentry reverted back to Robert Reynolds. And um, but I, I think that was a cop out because I mean, could because there's no way Marvel would let any of those two die, right? So I, I think it was it was kind of a cop out. But I mean, they fought each other to a standstill. Yeah. So. Anyway, let, let's move forward with okay. Superman. Um, are, are you familiar with the Wildstorm hero called Majestic? Adam? Uh, yes, yes. I, I know he's sort of supposed to be a Superman analog, and uh, he's uh, uh, yeah, he, he's sort of Superman-like. And uh, for a while there, he actually crossed over to the DC universe and uh, had a couple of ventures with Superman. Yeah, and he is actually he is one of my favorite Wildstorm characters. Absolutely love him. He's more milita- militaristic than Superman. He he's not this good guy. He he's a fascist basically. Mm. You know, he he just does anything he needs to to get the job done. Civilian casualties be darn. Does he yeah. have powers like Superman? Yes, he does. And I would believe at some point that Majestic could beat Superman, except for a line that was in that Captain Adam. I forget if it's Armageddon. 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 Yeah. Uh, novel where when Captain Adam goes over to the Wildstorm universe, he has to fight Majestic, and he has a line goes, this guy is almost as strong as Superman, but I think I can beat him. He has just that small line. So okay. apparently Majestic isn't as strong as Superman, but uh, but very close to being equal. Um, anyway, there's lots of, of trades out there about Majestic. I suggest anyone to pick one up. He's, Does he fight for truth, justice, in the American way? He fights for truth and justice on his way, in his way. Mm. Okay. You know. Okay. I can't um, think of anybody else who would give Superman a run for their money. I, I like. I, I like think Shazam the, is the closest. <clears throat> Shazam or Thor, or Thor. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think personally, Thor would come closer. Shazam teamed up with Thor. <laughs> oh, lights out! Yeah, big time. <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's see. We're we're just looking over our notes, and you know. Let's talk about the League of Superheroes and the difference between a young Superman and Superboy Prime. Because those are two different characters. Is that not correct? Yes. yes. Okay. So let's Superboy look. Prime is a young Superman from a different universe. From our world, actually. From our world. Well, no, 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 that's another one of those that depends things. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah when Earth Prime was first introduced, it was supposed to be our universe. But then other stuff happened that uh, suggested that uh, that it's actually just another parallel fictional universe that happens to be a lot like ours. Okay. And you had mentioned on a CGS episode that um, that Earth also had another superhero that lived in the Australian outback. That's right. His name was Ultra. Ultra. U-L-T-R-A-A. See the two A's in there. Uh, yes, he uh, was very much like Superman. He was the last survivor of a dead alien civilization. But instead of landing in uh, you know, the, the American heartland in Smallville, Kansas, he landed in the Australian wilderness and uh, sort of uh, grew up with a different set of values as a result. 
And uh, there was a couple of adventures on Earth Prime uh, with, with the crossover with the Justice League, and eventually it was decided that uh, he should leave Earth Prime and come over to live on Earth One because Earth Prime wasn't ready for any super beings yet. Okay, and and I guess that was before Super Superboy Prime established his powers with the whole Haley's Comet thing, and right, right. Okay. Yeah, this is uh, yeah. I think Ultra first appeared back in the seventies. Okay. Um. Okay, well, that that being said, let's talk a little bit about uh, Superboy Prime. Um, you know, just just let's throw our thoughts out there. What do we think of his current state right now? I'm glad you brought Superboy Prime up because mm-hmm. I wanted to ask Adam about this. And I, I, I voiced it on the CGS boards. I didn't get quite the kind of discussion about it that I would have liked to have seen. But the transformation of Superboy Prime to Superman Prime was very lackluster, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, they barely even showed it to you. It happened in Green Lantern 25, and the only reason I knew it happened in Green Lantern 25 was because of the Superman Prime entry in the Green Lantern Sinestro Corps secret file issue uh, that said... Uh, that it had happened in Green Lantern 25. So I went back and looked, and basically Superboy Prime had a throwdown with a Guardian. There was a big explosion, and he absorbed a lot of energy, and his muscles became swollen and big, and he started to look like a man. And that's why he looks the way he does in in uh, Countdown. Uh, it just, you know, we, we saw Superman Prime in Countdown before... Superboy Prime over in the Green Lantern Corps became whatever, you know, big. And I kept waiting for a, a really uh, big, uh, evident, um, splashy uh, reveal. reveal of him turning into Superman Prime. And it really didn't happen that way. And I was really kind of bummed out about it. Yeah, even at the end of GL25, he doesn't even look that different. No, he doesn't. Um, <clears throat> it. I he looks slightly different, but I attributed attributed that to the fact that it was two different artists, Ivan Rice and Ethan Van Skyver. I just thought, oh well, he looks a little different now because it's a different artist. The last time we saw him, it was Ivan Rice. Now we see him; it's Ethan Van Skyver. Um, but there was nothing in there. You know, there could have been a little thought bubble or something where Superboy or Superman Prime, I guess at this point, says, "Wow, my muscles! I'm big all of a sudden." You know, it could have just been one simple line like that, or even a narrative box that said, swollen with, swollen with power and looking like a man, Superman Prime does this, or whatever. It was just, it kind of happened under the radar, and I, I think they really blew it. Uh, and there, then there's that black suit of his. We never found out how he got that either. Yeah, yeah. There, there seems to be a little bit of confusion around that whole issue 25, what was going on in Countdown, and and what you just described, Brad, it I and and I guess it must have happened. It must have, something must have happened coordination wise or editorial wise, where it's just kind of like this needs to happen here. Um, they probably said we'll explain it later, but this needs to he needs to become a man here for some reason. I kind of got the feeling that um, the Sinestro Core storyline got to be so large and time consuming that they had to go ahead and acknowledge it in Countdown mm-hmm. way before the story had ended, which is going to confuse somebody of, you know, a simple brain as me. Well, so what do we think about Superboy Prime? Uh, you go first, Adam. Uh, just just your thoughts on him currently. There, there was that great 
Jeff Johns, um, he did it on Word Balloon where he talks about Superboy Prime being the ultimate fanboy. Right. Metatextual voice of the whiny comics fans. Yeah. That seem to prefer things to be as they were in the 60s. Um, yeah, you know, I'll only start by saying that I've never been 100% behind the idea of Superboy Prime becoming a villain in the first place. See, I, I kind of, you know, my association with Crisis on Infinite Earths, it, it's one of my very favorite comic stories. I did my whole master's thesis about it. And I, I like the characters that were introduced in that story. I remember them fondly. And I don't like the way they've been treated in recent days. You know, uh, Harbinger was killed off. Pariah was killed off uh, rather casually. And he, he's come back since then. But uh, he's, he's doing kind of a Marley's ghost thing now. He's, he's, he appeared in Supergirl. And, yeah, I liked him better before they killed him. Um, and I, I like Alex Luthor. And he's a villain now and dead. And uh, then there's poor Superboy Prime. Uh, I, I, I prefer to remember the... Uh, heroic Superboy Prime from that series. I mean, it's, we've gotten a good character out of the villainous Superboy Prime, but it's just a shame that it had happened this way. I sort of sympathize with the guy, actually. I mean, I think I would have reacted pretty badly, too, if uh, I had just discovered that I was destined to be the greatest hero of my planet, only to have that planet and the entire universe that contains it summarily wiped out by a wave of antimatter. And then, on top of that, I find myself uh, locked away in an other-dimensional prison with uh, you know, two old people and a and a shaggy red-headed guy in a tin suit. You know, I, I think that would send me a little crazy too. I think. I think so I'd be I'd, pretty upset after a, a few years in that situation. Well, that was supposed to be paradise for them. At least that—that's what I had gathered at the end of Infinite Crisis or uh, a Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, I mean, wasn't that what they kind of led you to believe, Adam, that they were going to a paradise, they were essentially going to heaven? Yes, like a, a Valhalla sort of situation. Yeah. I had them, like another dimensional realm where they could stay and be happy, that their hero's reward. Yes. But um, then later stories uh, came along and uh, retconned, basically, that uh, that's not what these four characters got. And it's, it's, it's just a little sympathy for the devil there. Yeah. So I take it you didn't, you don't look on Infinite Crisis with much fondness in that respect. In in the fact that that these four people were basically given the shaft. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I enjoyed Infinite Crisis very much, but I would have rather if, if it had turned out that uh, like Alex Luthor and Superboy Prime were only acting the villain because they'd been possessed by the ghost of the Anti Monitor or something. If there had been some other big bad pulling their strings, that that, that would have really increased my estimation of the series by like two hundred percent. Maybe they just snapped when they were in Valhalla. No, I'm sure that's well. Yes, I they, mean, they did. There was that. I think it's it's that secret files um, of Infinite Crisis where there's those storylines and and they show uh, Superboy Prime rewatching these this memory he has of a birthday party where he was really happy. Do you remember that? Yeah, Brad? I do. I do. Oh, yeah. That was a... what, what did you think? Because I kind of like that. What did you think of it? I thought it was a very good issue. Um, it, is not, it, it didn't turn out to be exactly what they'd solicited it as. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a, a march through the last 20 years of DC history and events uh, as seen through the eyes of these four characters. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was just kind of like a... A psychological snapshot of the four characters themselves and uh, what they're going through. 
uh, well, both of which would have been cool, but uh, I would have liked to have seen in particular uh, you know, what they thought of things like Zero Hour and Underworld Unleashed and so forth. And, and help me remember what, I guess this might be kind of a key question, what was Alexander Luthor's goal in Infinite Crisis? I can't remember for the life of me. Did he just want to have a universe where he could control things? Was that his ultimate goal? No, he, he wanted to find, quote-unquote, the perfect universe, the perfect Earth. But he was approaching it from such a, a cold, dispassionate, scientific perspective. You know, he didn't care how many universes he had to slaughter in order to find this so-called perfect world. Now, I don't think we ever really got a good sense of what his idea of a perfect universe would be. But, uh, he was just uh, into the whole playing God thing. I think it, it, it comes as a result of him not having had a real upbringing. If you remember in Crisis on Infinite Earth, Alex Luthor started out as a baby, and then in the span of a few days grew immediately to uh, like young adulthood, and he didn't really have a chance to absorb uh, you know, proper morals and values, so he didn't have a problem with creating all these universes and killing them off right away in the search for this perfect Earth. He didn't have the kind of grounding that, say, Superman did when he was raised. He didn't have a Ma and Pa Kent to teach him right from wrong. Okay. Kind of like. So he wound up going about it this way. Kind of like the aliens in that movie Aliens. You know, they're born as chest bursters and they grow up so fast, nobody teaches them right from wrong. So what do they do? They just start killing. Yeah. You know, if those, if those little baby aliens had a little, like, um, a little um, predator, uh, you know, show them the way. Maybe so. Right. You know. I blame so. the schools. okay you know a a common complaint uh, among fans and stuff is that superman is just so powerful that you can't write interesting stories about him i mean you hear this all the time and sometimes i kind of agree with it but uh, what do you think about that statement adam you know i've been hearing that perspective for a long time and honestly i've never quite gotten it now, to me, the more powerful a character is, the more interesting the character is, the more things a character can do. And I look at a character that can juggle planets, snuff suns by blowing on them, and fly through the sky like an eagle, and I, I don't see anything not to be interested in about that. So, uh, so maybe people have a hard time relating to a character that powerful, but uh, my response to that is, you know, Superman is never, you're not supposed to relate to him. That's never been the point. You're mm. supposed to look up to him and be inspired by what he can achieve. And uh, maybe sometimes writers are a little intimidated by that kind of power level, too. But uh, I think that's why some writers will will dial his his abilities back. Like, currently, you know, he can't move a planet or whatever. You know, it, it kind of makes them a little bit easier to relate to. Because, like you said, they're intimidated by this all-powerful being that, you know, they're not all-powerful. So it's kind of hard to imagine exactly what an all-powerful being could do. I I haven't read this, but I'm betting you have, Adam, the All-Star Superman. That's, I was just going to bring that up, Frank. Hmm. Yes, that's people who have had a hard time getting their heads around uh, the all-powerful Silver Age styles interpretation of Superman. Give All-Star Superman by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely a try. Because Grant Morrison is a guy who can conceive of what an all-star, uh, all-powerful type Superman could do, and he can make it interesting, and he can come up with big-ass ideas that make an all-powerful Superman work. And he, he comes up with all kinds of great stuff to do with Superman's powers, and he comes up with challenges that are befitting of a godlike Superman. It, it just it, it comes together very well. 
I wish the art were a little better, though, just as a personal aside. What's the point of that All-Star series? What, what's the point of it? Yeah. Um, Not that there shouldn't be a point, but I'm curious as to... I, I think this has to do with, with... You don't like Grant Morrison, right, Brad? No, it has nothing to do with Grant Morrison, okay. because I like Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. But what's the point of the All-Star Batman? Oh, know, okay. In general, what's the point of the All-Star comics? Mm. Uh, just uh, to give... Uh, it's it's been compared to the Marvel Ultimates line, although I don't think that comparison is altogether sound. Uh, it's an opportunity to give uh, you know, all star creators an opportunity to have their take on uh, these characters and to do them however they want outside of continuity. So it's it's sort of like what John Byrne did with Superman back in the eighties, excepting you don't have to reboot continuity to make it possible. Could these be considered Elseworld stories? I think of them that way, yeah. So, uh, there's something in the back of my head that tells me that it's going to eventually turn out that the new post-Infinite Crisis, the new Earth-1 in the new multiverse, is actually going to be the all-star Earth. That's, that's one theory I have. The uh-huh. new Earth-1 is... Uh, the current main Earth is not called Earth-1? Now, the current main Earth where most of DC Comics take place is actually Earth-52. It's all really? the way at the yeah. other end of the multiverse, so to speak. We haven't even seen the new Earth One yet. What and was? I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, I was done. Okay. Um. Well, what was the the Earth that was called New Earth? Oh, that's Earth Fifty Two. Oh, okay. When did when did we find out that we actually have been? Uh, well, our heroes live on Earth Fifty Two. When did when did that name happen? Um. Uh, well, uh, as a result of Infinite Crisis. Um. New Earth, Earth-52 was created, but uh, there was a lot of leftover reality, apparently. Uh, so uh, 51 other Earths came into being, and at first they were all exactly alike. And then uh, at the very end of the 52 limited series, um, Mr. Mind had gained, uh, he had evolved into this thing called a hyperfly that uh, sucks, and, uh, sucks uh, sustenance out of time and space the way ordinary insects suck fruits, for example. So uh, he buzzed around the multiverse and sucked time and space matter out of all 51 of the other universes and uh, made them all different. Uh, So that's how we wound up with these 52 different Earths. Originally we had uh, New Earth and like 51 copies of New Earth. And now we have 52 Earths that are all pretty much different. When did the New Earth start being referred to as Earth 52? Uh, well, well, pretty much right after uh, the the end of the 52 Maxi series, when we learned that there were 51 other Earths. You know, at first, they just called Earth 52 New Earth, but uh, now that it's uh, it's just one Earth among a whole bunch of other Earths, they gave it a serial number, and so it is the 52nd of 52 Earths. And at the other end, there's an Earth One, and we don't even know what that Earth One is. But I get the feeling in Final Crisis, we'll find out. Okay, I wonder why they didn't call. Uh, this this new Earth. Why did they didn't call it Earth One? Uh, we'll probably find that out in Final Crisis Two. Where has it been referred to as Earth Fifty Two? Um, has it been in I, a comic somewhere? Uh, I think it's, it's in in Countdown in the, some of the columns at the ends of com- you know those those uh, where the letter page used to be. They right. have those uh, columns, mostly written by Dan DiDio. 
I think well, at one point they did a whole list of what all the different 52 words are right. so far. And, and they had a whole bunch of question marks as to what we don't know yet. But, was, yeah. Was Earth 52 in that list? Yeah. Oh, I must have missed that. Because I, yeah. I know what list you're talking about. Okay. Um, well, let's kind of talk a little bit about Elseworlds. Do you have a favorite Elseworld Superman? Because I'd like to jump in and say one of my favorite Elseworlds is the, um, is the Red Sun Superman. Uh, yes. Have you ever read that? Um, I haven't. It's in my very large to-be-read pile. <laughs> but I remember mostly about it is that the third issue was way, way late. Oh, okay. I got it in trade. Yeah, well, I was picking it up in individual issues, but you know, I haven't read any of them yet, so the fact that it was late really doesn't matter that much. <laughs> my favorite Elseworlds is uh, Kingdom Come Superman. Oh, that is a good one. I really like him, and now we get to see him again in JSA. I think it's really awesome. I have my my JSA's kind of kind of piled up. I haven't I haven't started reading those yet. In fact, I'll probably read them this weekend. Um, because I I stopped reading after the Lightning Saga. I kind of wanted them to to yeah. build back up. How, how about you, Adam? Okay, what uh, any Elseworld Superman that you like? Um, I have a soft spot for uh, one that Roy Thomas did because I just like Roy Thomas when he writes Golden Age characters, and he did one called uh, War of the Worlds. And this is uh, like the late 30s, early 40s Superman, and he's fighting off an, uh, a Martian invasion. You know, as you know, the, the same kind of Martians that were in the H.G. Uh, Wells book of the same time, right. and that you know, infamous Orson Wells uh, radio show. Um, I've, I've never read that one. Is it is it the Superman we all know and love? Is it is he wearing a costume? Is he like a Golden Age looking Superman? Yes. Yes, this is the Golden Age uh, version of the character. He's uh, in a very early version of his costume. He kind of looks like the Max Fleischer cartoon Superman from those, oh, okay. those really old uh, like 1940s cartoon shorts. What was the name of this story that you're talking about? Uh, Superman War of the Worlds. I don't know that I've ever heard of that. I may yeah. have seen it. Is it available in trade? Uh, well, I think it was just a one-shot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just randomly stumbled across it on a dusty old shelf at Golden Eagle one day and picked it up. Was it, was it recently published? No, no, this is going back several years. I'm not even... Hold on a sec. Let me check my overstreet. Yeah, that'll shed some light on it. It mm. might even go back as far as the late 90s. It must have been sitting on a shelf for a long time then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well... It's, you know, Elseworlds has kind of become a taboo subject at DC these days. I wonder why, uh, because I think that I mean, I think that's a lot of fun. It's not in continuity. It's something different. It's uh, you know, have fun with it. Yeah. Now they've they've decided they have to make the Elseworlds legit somehow. Right. So oh, all yeah. the most the most popular Elseworlds are now parallel Earths in the Fifty Two. Yeah. Uh, okay. War of the Worlds, nineteen ninety nine. Plot description: Battles Martians. There you go. <laughs> 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 to the point. Speaking of Elseworld Superman, didn't uh, recently the Superman from the Dark Knight universe wasn't he killed in uh, the yeah, arena miniseries? Arena. Yeah, yeah, he was in there. Hmm. Yeah, you could tell it, it was the Dark Knight one because he was having conversations with Ronald Reagan yes. about jelly beans. Yes, <laughs> he was killed in that series, wasn't he? I think he was. Yeah. Well, let's kind of let's kind of wrap up a little bit with just speculation of what might happen with uh, this final crisis thing. You know, it's 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 the big storyline coming up in the summer, the big summer blockbuster. Um, you know, 
Any speculations as to how either Superman or Superman Prime is going to be handled? Well, I, I don't know much about what Superman Prime is going to be doing. Um, uh, spoiler alert here. Uh, in uh, Countdown number 13, I think it was, uh, it's entirely possible that Superman Prime bit the dust. Mm, really? Yeah. yeah, there was a big fight with uh, Monarch and... Uh, a uh, whole universe was wiped out, and supposedly just about every living thing in it was killed. So Superman Prime may no longer be a factor. I actually gave up on Countdown after 26. Yeah, I, I just it, I, it just didn't capture my interest anymore. And to be honest, uh, when I listen to your guy, uh, when I listen to the CGS month wrap-up, I think I get enough out of it that I know what's going on. So I still yeah. listen to those shows, and I can figure out what's going on. Right, we, we do the... The heavy lifting for you. Yeah, <laughs> I still I still yeah. enjoy Countdown. Uh, in fact, it's, it's probably not widely known. It's widely known in this room that Frank and I are sitting in uh, that I was not a fan of Fifty Two. Um, I think you have to really be f- very familiar with the DC universe as a whole to actually understand what's going on in Fifty Two. Um, I understand the Marvel universe much more than I do the mm-hmm. DC universe. So. 52 was, it reads easier in trades, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm reading the trades right now. Uh, In fact, I'm reading uh, the third trade. I didn't make it that far in the individual issues uh, as far as reading them, so I'm experiencing 52 like it's brand new for me, but I'm not enjoying it. Hmm. And um, uh, Like I said, because I don't don't know, uh, because it's not Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman and these these, um, quote-unquote normal familiar heroes uh you know i don't know uh booster gold and rip hunter and and uh the question and i I don't even know who infinity inc used to be i know there's a new team using this name and so it's it's very hard for me to get into 52 but uh countdown i'm enjoying i wouldn't say it's brilliant but i'm enjoying it more than 52 um but like i said i think it's just because i'm not as familiar with the dc universe uh, as other people are, it's just for me. Uh, Countdown is just—it's meandering a little too much. Oh, it's just it like, is. Uh, it's like okay, we're, we're not moving. I didn't—I f- never felt like we're moving forward. I—I I, right. I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Whereas, um, fifty-two was all over the place, and you either understood it or you didn't. And I was just one of those that didn't. Okay, probably one of the few that didn't. But uh, didn't mean to derail the conversation there. It's okay. Well, just had I, to get that off right. my chest. Any any final thoughts? Adam, just on Superman in general? Um, well, Final Crisis is going to you know, be the big deciding moment as to what Superman is going to be. Um, you know, there's, you know, we've seen these promo images uh, showing like silhouettes of all the Justice League heavy characters uh, standing there in front of a big cosmic storm. And there's a caption that says, you know, heroes die, legends live forever. Uh, what may happen is that uh, the, the, the big-name characters are all going to wind up dead, and then we're going to wind up seeing uh, stories about their new Earth-1 counterparts instead. Hmm. So is is that a theory it. on your part, or have you read that somewhere? This is a theory. This is just one possible thing that could happen, just okay. speculation. Um, I know this is Batman-centric, and this this is, I, I read this somewhere on a board or heard it somewhere. Is that uh, a, there's speculation that Batman may not make it, and, and mm. that he would end up as a new god? Yeah. Yep, I've heard that too. That's so maybe that's what's going to happen to all of them. Maybe uh, these uh, 
Earth 52 new Earth uh, superheroes are all going to wind up the uh, the new new gods of the fifth world. And then, uh, like the uh, their regular series will uh, shift over to the new Earth one and start telling stories about uh, the versions of the characters over there. Hmm. Again, that's just that's just my thought. All theory. We don't know yet. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. We that's don't have of it. we don't have Dan DiDio's phone number. <laughs> um, I just thought of this off the top of my head. Uh, recommended Superman reading for for anybody listening who who might. Uh, you know, want to read something to introduce them to the character? Or Essential reading. Yeah. Mm. Um, just about any Superman story that Alan Moore has done. Okay. Uh, well, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow is not only my favorite Superman story, but my favorite comic story, period. Wow. I mean, admittedly, it's, it's coming in at the very end of the uh, classic Silver Age, Bronze Age, pre-crisis Superman uh, saga, but... Uh, it's it's a, it's a great last story. You know, it ties off so much, and it, it brings home the the mythological resonances of the character, giving him his own little Ragnarok story to, to finish it off. It's it's, it's great. Um, other Superman stories to recommend to someone just coming to the character for the first time. Eh, I'd try picking up a trade paperback of uh, stuff from the '60s or '70s. Because in those days, Superman wasn't quite as bound up in serialized continuity. It wasn't as storyline-oriented. It's a, the, the stories in those eras are more geared towards the casual reader. So I have a trade paperback of uh, Superman in the 70s that I like a lot. I was just about to bring that series up. There's there's a whole series of those. I think it starts in the 40s and goes Superman in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Marching through the decades. Yeah, I think that might be a good introduction to the evolution of the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, Adam, we'd like to thank you very much for being here. Oh, thank you very much for having me. This is fun. Yeah, thank you, and th- and thank you for making time for us. And guys, remember, we have a contest for that Superman action figure. Call us up, leave us a message, and tell us just a fond memory you have of Superman. Be sure to leave your name, and um, and uh, and we'll put all those in a hat, pick one out, and you'll be the winner of a Superman uh, action figure, courtesy of Adam Umak. U-Mac. Or UMAC. Or Depends U-Mac. on how if you feel like jacking with them. <laughs> what's, what's the number, Red? Voicemail number is 641-715-3900, extension 775-0064-POUND. And, uh, and uh, Adam, you, uh, you're eligible to play, too, so please feel free if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you okay. want that. Um, oh, I thought you were talking to Adam UMAC. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I were talking to Adam UMAC. Well, yeah. you know, he can win his, win his own figure back, yeah. Mm. Um, okay, well, let's wrap this puppy up. Thanks guys. very much, Adam. Well, thank you, guys. And thank you guys for listening. You can visit us at uh, halfhourwasted.com. Drop us an email, halfhourwasted at gmail.com. Visit us at thecomicforums.com. And next week, we will be back with something exciting, hopefully. Something hopefully exciting. Yes. <laughs> Who knows? It could be our worst episode ever. Ever. Yeah. All right. Hey, guys. Take care, and we'll see you next week on A Half Hour Wasted. Bye. <laughs>